Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on February 1st, 2021 from my home studio here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This podcast cuts through the noise and gives you South Carolina-specific COVID-19 news and stories. This episode features a look at some of the action that happened in the House of Representatives last week, some blunt comments from State Superintendent of Education Molly Spearman on how students are doing, Boeing had its worst year ever, and we got the latest for you on that, and Governor Henry McMaster says folks 65 and up could soon be getting the vaccine, but when is the question? Additionally, we want to hear your stories, so we set up a voicemail box to hear from you all about your daily life in these uncertain times. It was a one to three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Tell us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. Maybe what you're doing in preparation for the lead happy hour this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Tell us what you're going to be drinking, what you're going to be doing. If you have any questions, uh, we're going to try and field as many of them as we can. Like I said the other day, we have Mayan Schechter joining us, Meg Kennard, and Jamie Lovegrove. It's going to be a wild time. We have more than 100 people coming. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Wild. SCETV.org slash SCLead. You can still RSVP again Thursday at 6.30 p.m. We'll see you on the internet. Welcome to the internet. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is ongoing, widespread, and not contained, according to Department of Health and Environmental Control officials. There have been 6,564 confirmed deaths, and currently there are 398,892 confirmed cases being reported in all 46 counties as of February 2nd at 4 p.m. We saw another large number of deaths being confirmed on Monday with 242, and that's both probable and confirmed deaths. DHEC says that is an issue due to the vital statistics system upgrade issue. So uh, not just one day, that was a couple weeks of deaths there compiled into one day. Currently, there are 1,842 patients hospitalized with COVID-19, 391 are in intensive care, and 240 are on ventilators. And if you have questions about the COVID-19 vaccine, call DHEC's new information line at 1-866-365-8110. You can call between 7 and 7. That's right. 7 and 7, 7 days a week. So triple sevens right there, folks. Lady luck. DHEC says its new appointment portal should be coming online midweek. But if you're eligible for a vaccine and looking to make an appointment, check with hospitals and pharmacies in your area. And again, any information you need about the vaccine, 1-866-365-8110. Okay, so we focused on the Senate last episode, but don't worry, the House did stuff last week too. Calm down. Stop calling me. I know no one's been calling me about this, but things did go through the House. But also remember, things have to go through the opposite chamber to get passed to the governor's desk and potentially into law. So there's plenty of time we have until May, folks. But I'll tell you what the House did do. They passed its $208 million COVID vaccine relief bill. Now, this takes money from the overflowing reserves to appropriate $63 million to DHEC, $45 million to MUSC, and $100 million to establish the COVID-19 vaccine reserve account. Doesn't that sound like something? Now, that's to help offset the various costs associated with administering the vaccine. 
Now, only hospitals who are offering public appointments and COVID-19 vaccination providers who are enrolled and activated by DHEC will have access to this funding. And that money can be used for vaccination, continued testing, contact tracing, PPE, mobile units, all that stuff. Now, this bill would also require DHEC to distribute vaccine to each of its four medical regions in the state on a per capita basis instead of on a county basis as DHEC is planning right now. It would require a panel in each region to provide recommendations to DHEC on distributing vaccine on a variety of demographics such as race, age, and income. Now, DHEC said it is flexible with its vaccination plan and will be analyzing data to make sure that it is vaccinating as effectively as possible. We have some more information for you about that in our medical section. The House also passed its Santee Cooper Reform Bill, which deals with reorganizing the state-owned utilities board, among other things, and keeps open the possibility of a future sale. The bill, H3194, now heads to the Senate. Moving to the Senate, State Superintendent of Education Molly Spearman was before a Senate panel last week, providing an update on how children and educators are faring nearly a year since the pandemic turned the entire education system on its head. Now, is it working? (laughs) Sort of. Some districts can do it very, very well. Children are very good. Parents are there with them. But I'm going to tell you, if you got a child who was struggling in a classroom with a teacher and most of them have an aide sitting with them too, and you send them home and they're at home supposed to be doing it online, it's not working very well. And that's the scary part. And that's where I need your support and help pushing these superintendents, these local school boards to, to get back in the school. Oof. Blunt about that. But that's what Molly Spearman is known for, telling it like it is. She also revealed to lawmakers some data that showed where children were having difficulties and successes in their education. She also said that some 90,000 families have hotspots, but that due to high demand, 19,000 hotspots haven't been delivered yet. Students have lost. Uh, when in those pre-assessments, when they came back in August, loss more so in math than in reading, more so around fourth and fifth grade, more loss than second and third grade. Uh, high schools, kids have done pretty well, actually, with some of their virtual. But what we're hearing right now, many of them, now that so long, they did okay for a few weeks. <laughs> but now that they've been out there on their own, you know, we got a lot of kids not passing courses. So... What we are doing right now is a um, plan, a resp- action response plan from each district. Tell us, here's where you are. We know from the assessment data, here's what we got to do. Most, the really strong districts, they're already doing it. Uh, they have hired interventionists over the last few months, and that's one of the best things. Just hire a good, strong teacher or a retired teacher who's going to come in and sit down one-on-one with the student. So they're showing their growth. And we are seeing growth that has occurred in the fall, some pretty adequate, a lot not. (laughs) So we have got to really ramp up the interventionists, the after-school programs, the summer school programs, and more time on task. How are we going to pay for that? The CARES Act II money that we're getting, and we're getting over $940 million. All of that flows through the district, except 10% that we keep. the agency uses for statewide programs. The top priority for that is learning loss. They're supposed to write, and we're working with them on their plans, what are you doing to get these students caught up? Uh, Secondly, is to get their buildings, air purification buildings. They can use the money for that. They have 15 categories that they can use it on. 
But there has been encouraging news from MUSC and the CDC about the safety of the classroom setting and sending children back to school full-time, something Spearman said is possible after seeing encouraging data. Currently, only 25 out of the 81 school districts offer full face-to-face schooling. We've had 8,849 positive cases among students and teachers. That does not mean they got it at school. It just means they got it, okay? And either they had to stay home. We had over 295,000 statewide. That's 3% of the cases were school people. We're 20% of the population. You better off to be at school than you are going to church, going to the grocery store, because it's one of the few places you can make people wear masks, you can make them social distance, you can clean the buildings, you can trace, and I hope we're going to be able to give them a vaccine. So school is safe. Um, It took a while for us to be sure of that, but the data is coming in, and if you saw the CDC even came out yesterday, MUSC just uh, released a report. They studied the Charleston County schools, which have been back in five days a week, and the doctor headline of the report was stunned, was stunned at what she found. I thought, what is it? She couldn't believe how safe it was. They could not find one single case where a child had transmitted the virus to a teacher. A few cases, yes, some schools have to close, the classroom has to be quarantined, but generally that transmission's happening out somewhere else, not at school. There may be a few, maybe a few cases, but overall it's safe. Right now, all of us, we need to deal on the, we've been saying from the get-go, we need to, we need to manage by the data. The data says it's safe. Fear is out there. And I know in different communities, in particular our African-American community, a lot of fear. We've got to build that trust up and share this data to get all of our children back in school. Um, Right today, we have 25 districts that are full five five days a week, everybody going face-to-face. Now, when I say that, they, they are still offering a virtual option. We're not making any family go back. You have a virtual option. 25 are full face-to-face. We got up to about 39, 40 before Christmas. Hybrid 42, virtual 12. So a lot there from Molly Spearman, but a lot of good information as well. Very interesting. Glad we got to catch up and hear from her about everything education. So much more to talk about there. We'll be keeping an eye on it. But we got a poll for you. I know you've been missing them. And it's an interesting one. For the week ending January 22nd, it's the Axios Ipsos Coronavirus Index, which found a 14% jump of Americans saying their mental health improved, pushing it to the highest level since the inception of the poll. Now, this move was driven by Democrats, according to Axios. Americans who plan to get the vaccine as soon as it's available continues to increase in 2021 and stands at 49%. Also, trust in Joe Biden has increased to 58%. So there's your little poll fix there, folks. Okay, so I know we completely abandoned our business section last week for the politics section. It's a bitter, bitter rivalry that goes on here. But um, we're back, and we have the whole business section for you folks. All right. And we're going to lead off with some uh, unemployment data. 
Not too encouraging. The state's unemployment rate ticked up in December to 4.6% from 4.4% due to the loss of 3,646 jobs. South Carolina Department of Employment and Workforce Executive Director Dan Elsey said, There's no doubt that December 2020 was filled with uncertainty as the CARES Act federal programs came to an end and we all watched and waited to see if federal extensions would be signed into law. Following its recent policy meeting, the Federal Reserve once again said it will keep interest rates low. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said that there is nothing more important right now than getting people vaccinated. But maybe you've wondered what role the stimulus may play in inflation. Powell said, essentially, not to worry. I'm much more worried about falling short of a complete recovery and losing people's careers and lives that they, that they built because they don't get to work back to work in time and things like that. I, I'm more concerned about that and the damage that will do, not just to their lives, but to the United States economy, to the productive capacity of the economy. I'm more concerned about that than about the possibility, which exists, of, of higher inflation. Uh, frankly, we welcome slightly higher inflation, somewhat higher inflation. The kind of troubling inflation that people like me grew up with seems seems far away and unlikely in, in the both domestic and global context that we've been in for some time. And to follow up on jobs, Powell did say he was worried about structural long-term damage to the labor market as a result of the economic turmoil from the pandemic. Hiring has been sluggish for months, and December was the first time since April that the economy lost jobs. Technology, replacing jobs, and remote work trends have accelerated under the pandemic, and the longer-term consequences of those trends still haven't been fully realized. The big thing is that the jury's out, and this has been a concern since the very beginning, is the, the concern that people, if, if they become disconnected from the industry or the job where they, that they used to work in, uh, it, it, it can be years or never when they get back into the labor force, particularly for people who are well along in their careers. Uh, the same same kind of scarring for small businesses, which don't have the kind of resources that you need to get through this. So um, we've, we've had a big concern about about both of those. We haven't seen as much of it as we as we feared. And that's a good thing. But as I said, that, you know, the jury is out here. Nine or 10 million people still out of work because of the pandemic. There are a big chunk of them are people who worked in public facing jobs in the service sector. They've gotten a lot of support from uh, fiscal policy and some from monetary policy. But the question is getting them back to work. And it's harder if you're, it takes longer empirically to find that next job if you're looking in a brand new industry. It's not easy to change careers completely mid-career. So that just, again, stresses the urgency that we feel and others feel at, at you know, fully defeating the pandemic, finishing the job and getting back to a place where it's safe to have these, in, you know, the, you know to, to stay in hotels, to fly on airplanes, to go to sporting events and movie theaters and all of those things. And just, you know, we haven't gotten close to that 2% inflation mark that the Fed set as its target back in 2012. Now we all know 2020 was the worst. And on Boeing's fourth quarter call last Wednesday, the company agreed. It was the aerospace giant's worst year ever, with losses totaling nearly $12 billion, 8.4 of which was in the fourth quarter alone. Yeah. Losses were due to the 737 MAX, pandemic pressures, 
and now 787 Dreamliner issues. CEO David Calhoun said the next six to nine months will remain challenging for the company, customers, and the industry. He gave this outlook. And then finally, in North America, traffic remains more than 60% below our 2019 levels. And these dynamics continue to drive a very uneven recovery. We're encouraged by the speed of vaccine development and efficacy rates. These trends bolster our medium-term outlook and support our belief in the long-term trend strength of the market. Consistent with what we've shared previously, as well as IATA and other industry groups, we expect it will take around three years for travel to return to the 2019 levels and a few years beyond that to return to our long-term growth trends. Again, we see the recovery in three phases. First, we're seeing domestic traffic improving in places like Brazil, the United States, India, and other large domestic markets. Next, regional markets should begin to recover, such as intra-Asia, intra-Europe, and intra-America's flights. And then finally, long-haul international routes, which require the most coordination, will be the last to bounce back. The company is also dealing with quality issues associated with the 787 Dreamliner that will soon be produced entirely at its North Charleston campus. The issue centers around a fraction of an inch gap between connected or joined portions of the plane's body sections. Now, when we're talking about a precisely engineered pressurized plane, three hundredths of an inch, that matters. And while it's not an immediate flight safety issue, it has slowed production to zero over the past two months while Boeing addresses it. We're conducting comprehensive inspections on undelivered airplanes, both in Everett and in South Carolina. Since last quarter, we've expanded the scope of those inspections, including work done at our supplier partners. Our assessment shows that none of the issues identified represent safety of flight concerns. Nevertheless, we remain committed to taking the time to ensure each airplane meets our rigorous engineering specifications. And although this work has a near-term impact for us, in terms of both schedule and cost, it is the right thing to do. And we continue to be in coordination with the FAA and our customers throughout the process. Transparency is clear. Through our analysis, we've been able to determine the resolution for the majority of previously identified areas, including our major join sections. In some cases, this requires inspections and rework while in other areas, no further action is required. We've made good progress and are now completing analysis on a few remaining areas to validate the next steps. As we see it today, this work may take a few more weeks, but we will provide our engineers the time they need to complete that analysis. Once Boeing consolidates to North Charleston, the company will produce five of the wide-body aircraft a month until global market conditions improve. Calhoun said there's plenty in the backlog to finish out the year, at which time demand will hopefully improve for the plane that is favored for international long-haul flights that have been hit hardest by the pandemic. And speaking of Boeing, CNBC reported earlier this month that Amazon ramped up its Amazon Air Fleet by purchasing 11 767-300 jets from Delta and WestJet as the online retailer expands its delivery capabilities. Amazon said that by the end of 2022, it will have 85 cargo planes, both owned and leased. Fly, fly, my pretties. Bezos is coming. <laughs> the Bezos fleet. 
On its Monday call with reporters, DHEC updated us on the UK variant that was discovered over the weekend in the Low Country. Now, there have been 32 states so far that have detected this variant, and like the South African strain, which we just discovered the other day in the state as well, this one spreads quicker than the mainstream strain. The arrival of the second variant in the state should be a wake-up call that the fight is far from over. This according to Dr. Michael Kachka, a DHEC physician and chief medical officer for COVID-19. This weekend, DHEC announced the detection of one case related to the SARS-CoV-2 variant that was first found in the United Kingdom. South Carolina public health officials were notified on late Friday by Mako Medical Laboratories of South Carolina that a South Carolina sample uh, determined to be the B117 variant uh, was in fact identified. The case, which was an adult from the Low Country region, has international travel history but to protect privacy, no further information will be released. The B117 variant has been identified in many countries and in 32 states, with a total of 467 total cases having been reported in the United States. Now, like the South African strain, the vaccine is still effective against this strain as well. And Kachka reminded us about how the agency developed its current vaccination plan and that it could be tweaked going forward. Originally, um, the phase distribution plan uh, was originally proposed by the American College for Immunization Practices. Uh, DHEC has taken those uh, recommendations from that group and continued to look um, at it through our own vaccine advisory committee, which is a panel of experts from the community, government, uh, medical industry, um, to, to take those recommendations from ASIP and develop our own recommendations for the state. So we will continue to look at that and um, continue to consider um, exactly who needs to be involved in different phases. It's, it's the, the difficulty, as always, is the very limited supply of vaccines we have right now. We don't have enough vaccines for everyone who's in phase 1A currently. So we will continue to look at our allocation plans. And as we move forward with this, uh, begin to tweak it to make sure that we do get it to the people who need it the most. The state's vaccination ranking has jumped, and we're now in fifth place, with a 78% vaccination rate according to Becker's Hospital Review. As of January 31st, the state has received 560,165 doses and administered 439,541. Now we still trail South Dakota, New Mexico, West Virginia, and North Dakota at the top. So, eyes on the prize there, guys. Speaking of vaccines, Governor Henry McMaster was on hand to witness Prisma health officials administer the 100,000th vaccine on Monday, two weeks after the healthcare giant rolled out two massive vaccination sites in the state. McMaster praised Prisma executives on a dreary Monday morning in Gamecock Park, right across from williams Bryce Stadium, as cars snaked through the area with passengers looking to get vaccinated. The governor said now that hospitals have ramped up, the next push is for pharmacies and clinics to do the same. But the pharmacies got a later start because Moderna was a little later getting here than Pfizer was, the Pfizer vaccine. But it is now time for the pharmacies to do the same thing that the hospitals have done, and that is kick it into gear and get every one of those vaccines in the arms of a South Carolinian 
before their next shipment comes in. We want them to run out, give those shots as quickly as they can, use the maximum capacity, schedule the second doses as, the, as Prisma has done. When they give the first dose, they schedule the time and place for the second dose, the same place. So we want the pharmacies and those out in the rural, more rural areas to do the same things that our hospitals are doing now and when we get everyone operating at maximum capacity, that will be good news for the people of South Carolina. Of course, due to exceeding demand, Prisma can't vaccinate everyone at once. It even had to temporarily close the upstate vaccination site due to lack of supply. The hospital only gets about 19,500 doses a week. Now, Prisma will soon be launching five mobile vans that will serve rural areas to make sure as much vaccine gets out to the places that need it. This according to Dr. Saria Sakashio, who is co-chair of the Prisma Health Vaccination Upstate Task Force. We are building community immunity, and this is why we are focused on fair and equitable distribution of this life-saving vaccine. This is why not only do you see our Gamecock Park site here, and also our Kmart vaccination site that Mr. O'Hala mentioned just a moment ago, Today we went live in Lawrence to serve a more rural population at the Ridge, and we are thrilled that across the Midlands and the upstate, we have been able to, again, build that community immunity. When fully operational this spring, our plan calls for a total of five mobile vans deployed throughout our South Carolina regions, again, to serve those more rural areas, vulnerable patient populations for that equitable vaccination opportunity. And to commemorate the event, 71-year-old Barry Gary came out of his nearby car, sat down near the governor and others, rolled up his sleeve, and received the 100,000th vaccine. He also got balloons. Myself and some other reporters caught up with the governor afterward under a tent, which shielded the TV cameras from the rain. I just want to say I couldn't help but notice, but the governor was wearing black suede shoes, even though it was really rainy out. Just a little... That's just my observation. You know, we always talk about fashion, classic, you know, stylish. Anyway, I asked him about whether teachers should be moved from the next phase, 1B, and put in phase 1A, which is where we currently are. And here's what he told me. Well, the, the, as soon as we can get those, we have the 70-year-olds as well as the rest of, of 1A, and I'd like to move that down as quickly, my intention, as quickly as possible, as soon as possible to 65 and up and also go into 1B then, which includes uh, the teachers and a lot of other people. But it's, it is the older people we know that are most at risk. The average age of, of death from the virus in South Carolina is 75 years old. So it is the older people that are most at risk and those are the ones that we must see uh, have the, the uh, early opportunity to get a vaccination. As soon as this flow seems to have uh, steadied and we can accommodate it, then we'll open it up to 65 and above. Now remember, DHEC said the goal of Phase 1A was based on the Vaccine Advisory Committee from the CDC, which DHEC reviewed. The goal of Phase 1A is to vaccinate those at the highest risk, and those who are most vulnerable remains the priority. And as we heard from reports, schools are safe places, so good news for teachers there. The governor also asked DHEC in a letter on Friday to shift some 37,800 surplus Moderna vaccines from the long-term care facility program to the general public since it was determined by providers 
that there will be a surplus of doses once every resident and staff member have been offered both doses. The governor wants those moved ASAP instead of at the completion of the long-term care vaccination program. And just as an FYI, the governor has not been vaccinated yet because he has to wait some 90 days since receiving the convalescent plasma he was given in mid-December when he contracted COVID-19. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. And you can tell us your stories at 803-563-7169. Let us know. You can tell us. We won't tell. We won't tell. We'll just share them with all of our hundreds and thousands of listeners. Our millions of listeners. We are worldwide. We know everything. 803-563-7169. AT... We still working yeah. through a backlog here. We got uh, some some voicemails you got to share. We, we got we're chock full uh, still chalked. Um, yes. So uh, we're not going to do two today or three. Okay. No trip dip. No dubby dips. I forgot uh, about the trip we, dip. we 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 got. Oh, I mean, we're the only we're only place in town. You you got a trip dip. Was recently, re- still so. recovering. Still recovering. So we're just reeling from the triple dip. So uh, we're just going to go uh, single dip, one dip. Uh, here we go. Are you ready? Go ahead, caller. Yes, go ahead. Hey, AT and Gavin. This is Lori from the Midlands. Uh, teacher assistant, I've called probably three or four times and wanted to give you an update because I certainly don't want AT to lose his job. I'm still working in one of the largest districts in the state, and um, we are still doing a face-to-face four-day model. Um, We haven't done anything else besides that over the holidays. The district has decided that if, in fact, the school, an individual school, is at a 10% rate for quarantines and or infections, they'll close the school down until that percentage changes. I have 25 children in my class. Um, We are seeing more infections. And speaking of that, me and my entire family got COVID over the Christmas holidays. Um, We didn't have a whole lot of symptoms. We were pretty mild, a little bit of fevers, maybe two or three days. So we were very lucky and very fortunate. We did our quarantine. We are out. I plan on um, giving plasma and platelets donations with the Red Cross. I'm currently waiting on my appointment. I really want to see how long antibiotics stay in my system. As far as the vaccine goes, um, my in-laws, who are 80, I've registered them at Lexington Medical at Prison Health. And waiting on emails back from both of those, I tried to get into Publix, which lasted about 30 minutes, and all appointments were full. So not really having a whole lot of luck with the above 70. And for my wind down, I just want to let everyone know, if they have not heard Amanda Gorman's poem on the inauguration day, they need to go back and listen to it. I personally will have it in my phone and listen to it periodically throughout the year when I jog with my dogs. All right, guys, take care. Keep up the great news. You are my go-to from to and from work. I love all your political. I love all your legislative. I love all your health news. All right, take care. Bye. Well, we love you, Lori. Oh, that was such a nice voicemail. Thank you so much. And uh, great to hear from a teacher's assistant, you know, firsthand on the ground there, working with students in the classroom. Uh, like you said, uh, we're really sorry to hear about the the family getting sick, but glad that it was very mild and that you guys uh, made it out all right. And 
great way to make a uh, do something good out of a bad situation is to give plasma like she's doing so. Lemons awesome and lemonade right that. there. And uh, yeah, I totally agree with the Amanda Gorman thing. I wanted to play more of her poem in our podcast, um, but I'm we super wanted excited. to play the whole thing. Yeah, I'm we super excited to play that we're going to hear her at the Super Bowl. And I'm saying, I'm advocating that we need to like get her on national broadcast once a month where we just hear her. She gives us a poem once a month to like just get us through. <laughs> like, this is what this is. She was what 2020 was missing. We would have done so much better if she like was national, like broadcast she needs, every month. She needs control of the EAS that can take <laughs> don't, uh, control. Don't, don't, don't bring yeah, up the emergency baby. alert. Yeah, baby. Our QAnon callers, <laughs> they know what we're talking about. They know. Um, but I have, <laughs> so, uh, we have, I have quite the adult good news. This is a, this is and a bad news, news update. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, I want to um, hear it. He, he was trying to blab to I me was, earlier. I was getting so close was, to just blabbing. Was it, wasn't going to let him blab. <laughs> and I wrote it down in the script, so you're doing really good not looking down there. I'm not no, looking, no. no. AT, don't look past don't look. here. Don't look. Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with like an easy one. This was just an unsolicited compliment that I received today from a reporter that I don't even know who she is, but she's a TV reporter and just complimented oh, my real skin you and my face. And she always saw half my face. So, you know, we're talking like my forehead right here. And so just like, mm-hmm. it was... You know, some compliments that that's you're glowing. One of the better ones that you know that's keeping you. That's going what gets today. me when I hear that. Yeah. So yeah, was happy about that. But here, here's the truth. I have a lot of adult good news, but then bad news to fall with. And now here we let's, go. Let's start with these guitar stabs, okay? Let, let's get the good news. Got a new toothbrush. Oh yeah. Got a what new kind? toothbrush. What, Actually, what you, I'll tell kind? you, I got I got four toothbrushes from Target, <laughs> and they're Target oh, brand, baby. and they yeah. are like the Cadillac. I mean, my teeth have never been so clean. I'm living. <laughs> <laughs> and this is so much better than that wooden stick I used to chew on, you know? That yeah, was like yeah, my yeah, go-to. Yeah, yeah. Um, what 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 so, uh, what stiffness brush are we doing? Are uh, we talking not, about it's here? not it's not that hard. You're not supposed to get the hard ones and not go for your teeth. I like a medium stiffness. I think I'm it's I lie. think it's like that, but I, I have to be gentler on my teeth because I don't want to mess up my gums. They tell me to stop brushing so Your hard. Your teeth are basically gummies. They're, if you brush too hard, they're gonna fall out. <laughs> I just I do I really quick and then I'm done. You know, like ah, I gotta go. I'm in. I'm but out. I yeah. will tell you the whole reason I was in the the toothbrush section. <laughs> the, the, whole reason, the whole reason I was in the toothbrush. I can't say toothbrush section. The yeah. toothbrush mm-hmm. section. The dental hygiene section of Target. Was yes. because I, I needed some some toothpaste because I was at the end of my tube. I said fine, but I, I used all of my tube. Point of pride. The bad news here was I couldn't find my favorite toothpaste, which my is Aquafresh Extreme Clean. <laughs> I looked it up because I can't remember what it is, but it's it's the best. So I had to I had to settle for Crest, and I don't know how like you guys Crest. do it. Crest but... is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's just say <laughs> the good news went south pretty quick, but I love Crest. It's with the I, scope in it. It's the best one. Yeah, you, you haven't used Aquafresh Extreme Clean. All, I'm just gonna leave it there. Are you talking about the Aquafreshes from when we were kids? It no. was shaped like a rocket. It's ship? like an, it comes in a silver <laughs> tube. Oh, it's the, it's the best. Bubble gum flavor. You buy one, you get one. I was so pumped. You always get a Target, but I've checked online, and it's back in stock. So things are looking up for me. I got another adult good news for me. Yeah. Okay. I'm being let's proactive. And I input all my tax info into TurboTax already. Okay. I'm like, okay, let's see if I can get a little money back. Adult bad news. I'm not getting money back. I'm paying <laughs> a lot of money this year. Brutal. That means you're making money. That you you must have gotten, I made gotten money, great yeah. on the stonks. When I made yeah, it's not the stonks yet, but it's also um it's because I, you know, made some money off of that news hour job I did. And mm-hmm. they didn't take any money out, so <laughs> the ticker just started going up. I'm like, oh so. I'm asking, maybe there's some leaders out there that might want to do my taxes. 
No, maybe Stop it. leaders willing to maybe I don't know risk imprisonment to make these these numbers look. Anyone that can judge these numbers up, hey, I'm massage not tax fraud. I'm not talking just about tax fraud. These numbers, just nowhere I can get some savings. If you know what I mean, take these W twos and maybe they know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two. Mm-hmm. Must know maritime law. Uh, yeah, must know bird law and maritime law. <laughs> but uh, wink, wink, holler at me on that. But uh, I have finally some good news here, which is that I finished five books in January. Five books. Okay, one yeah. of them was a big one. 856 pages. You should be proud of me of that one. That's my boilerplate book length right That there. is my Welcome to my level. life. That's, um, that's where I start, baby. But so then I made this like uh, this goal on Goodreads to like finish 100 books this year. And the You're bad news read is... The infinite bad news yes is, 100 times. <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> the bad news is that I'm already behind that goal according to Goodreads. But I'll just of get course. some... I'll get some quick hits going. I'll do a couple hundred pagers. Some boxcar you children. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to read so many babysitter's clubs. <laughs> check out my numbers. But yeah, check out the Goodreads app. If you're not on it, it keeps track of all the books. And if you're on your Kindle, you know, I'm just downloading books from like the library because I looked at my tax bill for this year. I'm spending nine bucks for the library. I'm going to use it, you know? Okay. I'm going to use it. going to get my book and on my Kindle and I'm going to put in my Goodreads. Because you get bored. sounds of- like uh, Spotify for nerds. <laughs> if, if reading is cool bro <laughs> says the guy that says uh 800 page books are my uh my basic oh, oh, my, that my bottom short my man <laughs> i am actually reading right now uh 2001 space odyssey so yeah very interesting to read it versus um you know just watching kubrick so watch it yeah working kubrick. through some books got some books lined up so we'll What's probably talk about that after that that's all i got that's Not all dune. that's all there for oh no Not i'm, I'm done with dune I it just pathetic. couldn't. I couldn't keep it. Too Truly many names. It's just like, oh, get to the point. Truly pathetic. I'll wait till the movie comes out, then I'll read the you book. You are not Muad'Dib. You are not the Quizak Haderach, and that's just see, that's like final. those. I'm like, <laughs> that's the same person, okay? And Paul Atreides. Same but I person. did just read a really great um, space yes, opera. Yes, you told me. You I will read it. Uh, space opera. Sleep yes. in a if sea of sto- to sleep in a sea of stars. Yeah, that's yeah, great by I'll Christopher Pellini. Yeah, great read. Long but good, and I think actually like the back hundred pages were just like it was just like an appendix of like it was data. blank, and you got to finish the your own story. And like <laughs> yeah, you, you get to finish, you, and then you submit it, and they tell you if it's good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the toothbrush thing was really great news over the weekend. I just stayed home all weekend. I just stayed in. I read my you books. You stayed in, brushed your teeth over and over and over again. You my got gums no gums anymore. Receding so badly. They are receded. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Adult. Adult. Bad news. I need to schedule a dentist appointment because I didn't. I didn't go last year. You go. didn't go. I, that was the first thing that I left my house. I went. I, I think I said no, it here. That's I the went best from excuse like, for me. I was like, "Up, take out." I went go. from. Uh, <laughs> I went from no contact with anyone except you on Facetime and my wife in person to a stranger with <laughs> ten fingers in my mouth, and it was. It was. They put all ten in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, they just go in and out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's in. A, it's it's behind a sheet. It's a behind a sheet somewhere. <laughs> My doctor's office. <laughs> cut, cut. Um, tell us. Yeah. Tell us when the last time you went to the dentist. What's going on with you? Uh, bring some good news. Bring some adult good news to the happy hour if you're coming. Would yeah. love to hear your version of this. It's. I mean, it's really easy. It could be as simple as getting a good candle. <laughs> You yeah. know, it's like the yes. stupid things. Uh, a piece of chocolate. <laughs> oh, the darkest chocolate I could find. 
Um, but yeah, um, come prepared. We're going to have a great time on Thursday at 6.30 p.m. You can still RSVP, scetv.org slash sclead. Sign up right there. Like I said, I think my dad's going to show up. Uh, they just finished dry January, so one of the few people that I know lasted the whole month, so I'm sure he'll regale us with some stories. But we want to hear from you. Oh, we also got a really nice review from Ohio Vic on iTunes that I have not uh, mentioned. Thank you very read much, it, baby. Ohio Vic. I can read it for you. Wait, no. We'll read it next time. We'll read it next time. Save yourself. But you can also leave us a review on iTunes, like Ohio Vic did, or a voicemail, 803-563-7169. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on sceTV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org as well. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. Also, South Carolina Public Radio has the No Pledge Drive Pledge Drive going on right now. This is not a drill. It's happening, which means you need to give... Tell them Gavin sent you. That's not going to get you anything special. Just tell them. Uh, but there are some great gifts available depending on the level you pledge at. So give until it feels good, folks. I know I need to renew and get my new sticker for my car. Very excited. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Hey, go ahead, caller. Hello. Well, <clears throat> oh, let me just drink some candle wax really quick.